Green Left Weekly Radio. There is one newspaper that is independent of powerful interests, and that's Green Left Weekly. It's the people's voice, committed to human and civil rights, environmental sustainability, democracy and equality. It presents ideas mainstream media won't. It's the leading source of local, national and international news analysis and discussion and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movements. It exposes the lies and distortions of the power brokers and helps us to better understand the world around us. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Green Left uh, Radio. We have in our studio today uh, myself, Dennis. Fergal. And myself, Ewan. Yes, Ewan, finally. W- uh, welcome back after your um, rather unfortunate injury. Yeah, skateboard accident. You tried to get back into skateboarding <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, as usual, we start off with our uh, uh, news broadcast. And we actually begin, uh, begin the episode on a rather sad note as... Um, uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the most read articles on Green Left Weekly has actually become this uh, obituary for George Bender, who was a sixty-eight-year-old uh, cotton farmer from uh, Chin- Chinchilla in Queensland, who took his own life on October fourteenth. His family says he, uh, his family lays the blame squarely with the coal seam gas industry that he had fought against for over a decade. Described by his family as a trade talker who told the truth, not the sugar-coated bullshit. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that on radio. George was a fifth-generation farmer in the Western Downs. He stood for the right for a farmer to say no to, to the gas industry. His family said on in an October 20th statement, George was willing to oppo- talk openly to anyone who was interested in really seeing what was happening as a result of the CSG industry. He saw the impacts on land, both agricultural and otherwise, of the mining operations. And George decided to lock the gate after seeing the impact of CSG mining on neighboring uh, families. He fought to defend his property at uh, Hopeland, southeast of uh, Chile in, in the Darling Downs, because he was committed to clean and, and green produce and long-term sustainable agriculture. And we just finish off with a quote there from uh, Lock the Gate President Drew Hutton, who said that uh, George's death showed once again that CSG's industry is huge and devastating toll on rural communities and farming families in Queensland, and urged campaigners to step up the fight for landowners to say no to the industry. So, <clears throat> It's 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 quite um, always always finding find quite astonishing just how how far the CSG industry can go both in well in in well it's 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 quite big in New South as well but it, in Queensland as well and that's that's the one thing that a lot of people actually tend to miss is the is the impact on actual farming and, and, actual, and farms and not just the environment and not just the environment that we, that, that we are talking about here yeah well I mean it's yeah, uh, I, yeah. No, I, I just think it's absolutely shocking to see like this fellas end up killing himself. You know, killing himself. Yeah, you know. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, uh, off to off to uh, Western Australia. There, about where there was where there was a uh, a small but quite vocal protest against the visit by the um, Dutch fascist uh, Gert Wilders, the uh, 
the, the Dutch MP for the uh, Freedom Party, came, uh, arrived, arrived to Perth in order to start a... Um, in order, in order to in order to help uh, start the Australian Liberty Liberty Alliance, which is which which is basically uh, yet another uh, anti uh, party party uh, anti Islam uh, party, which uh, seeks to participate in the up, in the upcoming uh, federal elections. I think uh, I find something quite ironic in the fact that a foreign a foreigner <laughs> has arrived to Australia. To help start an anti-foreign party, bloody immigrants. Well, 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 well. He certainly, well, he certainly received quite a bit of a welcome from our social science comrades uh, there. That's uh, Alex uh, Bainbridge here. He writes, "It's around eight anti-racist protesters drowned out the media conference of Dutch Islamophobe Gert Wallis outside WA Parliament House on October 21st." When chanted, say it loud, say it clear, racism isn't, is not welcome here. Uh, when the anti-racists arrived, police asked them to move their vehicles. And uh, one, one police officer also, also said to a social alliance member that you can't park here with a shirt, with a, with a shirt, with a shirt like that. And he was referring to the shirt that, to the Palestine Solidarity shirt that the comrade was, uh, was wearing. Now, What's what's important is that the activists did not actually try to prevent um, the uh, you know while while this um, press conference from from taking place, but they just uh, well you know they voiced uh, their own opinions against against his against his longstanding bigotry against uh, the Muslim population both in Australia and in in Holland and basically throughout the world. Uh, uh, moving on now to the. Uh, well, sorry. Ah, moving on now to Sydney, where the Maritime Union of Australia has rallied to target a cruise ship uh, company. And around 100 members of Maritime Union of Australia rallied at the Sydney Overseas Passenger Terminal at Circular Quay on October 9th to oppose harsh exploitation of crews aboard Royal Caribbean cruise ships and demand the right of employees and linesmen on a, on the dock of the on the dock to be union members. And Sydney uh, Sydney MUA Secretary Paul uh, Paul McAleer uh, told the rally, "The cruise company imposes a huge level of exploitation on its crews, including underpayment and poor conditions on board." After now, the company, the company and the shipping agents, Port Jackson Holdings, have refused to allow port workers to join the union. And for the for the past forty years, there has been a growing assault on unions as, as part of the neoliberal policies of all Australian governments. And as unionists, we must fight for justice for all workers. Well, good, well, good, good on the good, good old maritime union of Australia. It's also important to know that they, the Hutchinson, they're still holding out to the Hutchinson dispute, which I believe is now running almost to 100 days. So, uh, yeah. And not looking like leaving anytime soon no, either. No, no, no. And, uh, and did you hear the announcements by the Maritime Union of Australia that they could possibly be merging with the CFMU? Yeah, I've yeah. got mixed feelings about that. Well, I got, well, like I said, the experience of the um, of, you know, of mega unionism has actually proven to be really successful in places like the United Kingdom, where you, where you basically have where, where you basically have these mega unions like uh, like Unite and uh, Unison and GMB that 
obviously will have up to you know what 1.5 million members and 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 have such a huge uh you know such a huge well not just not just uh, um industrial power but political power uh, there, as, well, there as well. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's certainly the idea of the one big union. I mean, it's essentially the what's behind the idea of the industrial workers of the world that, you know, send, mm. oh, we all come together and we all fight together because we've all got the same common cause, the <laughs> overthrow of capitalism. Oh, which is which is basically what these two unions are committed to as well, MUA and CFMU, for a very long time. Two of the so, most militant exactly. unions in Australia, yeah. Exactly, exactly. They share, they share the lot common. Uh, just quickly here, um, uh, uh, coming back to New South Wales, the... <coughs> Uh, Matt Gasco raises raises stakes in its um, bid for drill uh, for unconventional gas in Northern Rivers area of New South Wales. And activists are even even more determined to protect regions, land, and uh, water. The gas field free. Oh, sorry. After Matt Gasco announced that it will be carrying out pre-fracking seismic tests, the Lismore Council voted five to five to two on October thirteen to refuse access. The gas company's equipment. And gas will free Northern Rivers spokesperson Dean Draper told Green quickly that Megasco has a history of ignoring the overwhelming opposition to fracking. And from uh, day one, Megasco has tried to run run over the top of our community, repeatedly telling their shareholders that the opposition was small, and at the same time begging the state government for large numbers of police to get its mining projects in effectively. By martial law, and the anti-fracking campaigns across New South Wales have certainly been stepped up as a result. And New South Wales government declared on October 1st that its moratorium on unconventional gas had ended and was poised to allocate new gas licenses. So, it just goes to show as well the un- that, uh, no matter how much it tries to. You know, capitalism tries to say it's democratic. In the end, when it doesn't get what it wants, it's going to get the police and it's going to force what it wants through. <laughs> well, it's, it happens most commonly when the economic assets of uh, capitalism are, are, are come under direct threat. Uh, now, to international news. In Venezuela, the indigenous resistance hero has been honoured. The statue of the, Car- uh, the Caribbean, Caribbean indigenous resistance hero... Guaycapuro, I hope I pronounced that correctly, was unveiled on October 12th by the Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro to commemorate the Day of Indigenous Resistance. Uh, Guaycapuro, an indigenous chief of uh, Caribbean, led one of the most successful resistance campaigns against the invading Spanish colonial forces throughout the 1560s and is revered by many of Venezuela's grassroots movements. And also October 12th, which was day previously known as Race Day in Venezuela, to mark the arrival of European colonizers to the American continent. It was renamed the Day of the Indigenous Resistance by the Venezuela's revolutionary Bolivarian government in 2002. And, and at, the, at the ceremony, uh, Nicolas Maduro actually w- was quoted saying some, a very, very important thing. Does anyone doubt today the crime that, w- that was the indigenous and African holocaust of the 16th, 17th and 18th century? In Europe, they celebrate October 12th like it was Spain Day. What is Spain celebrating? It's like celebrating the fact that Hitler exterminated 6 million Jews. That's, that's, about, that's what a revolutionary president sounds like. Uh, over in... Sorry. Over in... Nicaragua, community wins a gold giant concession... Uh, 
uh, revoked. The <clears throat> After a long campaign of community resistance to the project, the Nicaraguan government has declared that the Canadian company B2, uh, B2Gold's bid to open gold mine is unviable due to its environmental impacts. Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega approved the repeal of B2Gold's permit for the El, Pro- El Pavon project based on an analysis by the environmental and um, natural resources industry. The news comes as a victory to communities in northern Nicaragua, which have been fighting to protect their lands from the Vancouver-based uh, uh, company. I believe th- uh, this is the uh, Matagalpa's uh, Bishop Rolanda Alvarez. He is, he is speaking. I believe that on this occasion, the government has respected the will of the population and has listened to the popular clamor. This was also taken from, uh, also we should mention this was reprinted from Telesur, uh, Comrades in Telesur English in Ecuador. And just uh, uh, just before just before we finish off, um, uh, the People's Climate Summit t- took place in, in Bolivia just a, just a few weeks ago, where, they, where the Bolivian president, Evo Morales, uh, once, uh, who is himself has been, you know, one of the forefront uh, fighters for climate change and climate justice for third world nations, said, "For now, we are discussing a problem left to us by capitalism: climate, uh, climate change." And this, uh, the summit was attended by more than five thousand people from across forty countries, and we certainly encourage you to uh, to read more about it, as there's a climate as the as the. Um, uh, the what do you call it? The United, uh, the UN climate summit has taken place in November in, pa- in Paris. So definitely tune in, stay tuned in for that. Okay, uh, thanks for that, Dennis. Uh, we'll just go for a break now, and we'll be back with, to speak with Turan Erdogan to talk about the bombings of the protests in Ankara, Turkey. You are listening to Green Left Radio on the Friday morning breakfast show, broadcast live on 3CR Radio 855 AM digital and streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Green Left Radio is brought to you by the Green Left Weekly newspaper, providing a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment before profit. Subscribe to Green Left Weekly by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it's only $10 for the first seven issues. Enjoy an afternoon of Bulgarian women's songs at Wolarium, 251 High Street, Northcote. And then Georgian sung toasts at a supra, a grand formal meal at Stutzi, 319 High Street. Go to boite.com.au for information. Make Saturday 24th of October a day of song in the Darabin Music Feast. The Boit, proudly supported by 3CR. Uh, Announcements. Um, Tonight at 5.30, there is a Palestine rally at the State Library to protest against the current um, terror campaign by the Israeli state against in Gaza. Um, There's a refugee speak-out on Saturday at 1pm at Burke Street Mall uh, protesting against the forced removal of Abiyan, the young Somali woman who was raped in Nauru and denied and flown to Australia and sent back without being given the abortion that she 
you know, rightly deserve, you know, deserves, and you know, especially given the context of the situation, reclaim the night rally six thirty Saturday night, protesting against domestic violence and harassment of women, and on the thirtieth, oh, at the uh, state library, and on the thirtieth of October, which is next week on Friday night at six thirty. There is a Red Cinema event, No Free Steps to Heaven, being held by the Socialist Alliance, a documentary on the Kurdish YPG, which is at the Melbourne Resistance Centre, Level 5, Druid's House, 407 Swanston Street, Melbourne City. All right. So uh, you are listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. Uh, my name's Zane, and this morning we have uh, special guests Turan Urikin, who's a member of the left party AMEP uh, in Turkey and uh, now lives in uh, Melbourne. Welcome, Turan. Thank you very much. Um, so, Turan, um, back on the 10th of October, there was a, a big peace rally in the Turkish capital, Ankara, um, to protest against the, the government escalating its war on the, on the Kurds. Um, and, and on Kurdish communities uh, across Turkey, um, and there was a bombing uh, at this rally, and uh, 102 people were, were killed and more than 400 people were, were injured. Um, so I guess my, my first question is, is, how does it feel? It, it must be really horrific to have, uh, you know, comrades, um, uh, you know, killed in this bombing, and we're, we're not used to this in Australia. It's, it's terrible. Uh, first of all, just uh, thank you very much for this opportunity to me. Uh, that's the question. Is that really? I know it's very, very sad because that's we lost that's uh, the more than twenty comrades and very more than that's the wounded, and also that's the, you just announced that hundred two people being died dead. This is terrible. That's the. Uh, we were getting shocking as we don't know what happened because it's just uh, these people were innocent people that only were there that just uh, defended the freedom, democracy and pieces. This is therefore not only that's the for party members because as the individuals that's a lot of part of the from Turkey that's not only in Ankara the many people is coming from the, the other province that's the many people is coming that's that's why it's shocking because people when they went there, they only the very happy and join and talk and just to get to the future for much better today. When we heard about that we get to the shocking, that's why. We can't absolutely shock that. Hmm. Um now one of the uh one of the two suicide bombers was identified as the brother of one of the perpetrators of the Sarouche bombing uh, back in July. Uh, so we've done a bit of coverage of this on uh, on Green Left Radio, and particularly the Turkish state turning a blind eye to Daesh smuggling weapons across the border, um, you know, selling oil into Turkey and getting cash to fund their operations. Uh, is it deeper than that, though? Do you, is there a suspicion that the the Turkish state is is actually working quite d- uh, directly with with Daesh? That's the correct. Uh, the Turkish government, as for the at the moment, the president type Recep, uh, Recep, <coughs> excuse me, Recep Erdogan, 
still that she doesn't recognize the other the party or that's the government he just tried best to dominate the one person hmm. he just controlled for everything the since 2011 the Turkish government deal with the, the Daesh for ISIS that that just a lot of to the help because they tried to get to the ISIS fight against the Assad regime the Turkish government the used to be very good relation to the, the Naiba for the in Middle East but after since 1911 they they become a knock off that they tried to they get the cut off to the everything be relation to the Middle East country especially as the Assad regime tried to revive them hmm. that was the, this big cry when I was continued like that the ISIS people good relation to the Erdogan regime and that just has a very very confident as they going to the Turkish border this side and going to the other side that's why this is the very very become to the until today the problem is the two suicide bomb the rec- know about that by the Turkish government and intelligence service hmm. but they didn't do anything about this the the Turkish intelligence service they meet together at the killers for the Syria they talk about that then they just the close to the eyes they help them then coming onto the Ankara the Turkish premier the doubt all they just denied we don't know but The, we get the, the nail that's a lot of the document side even if the Turkish army and intelligence service and Thai government that's the know about that this bombing before the one or two days ago hmm. and hundred percent when they correct the four hours ago the someone that's at the army they said we are very very good get to the security issue this time because some happened to the in Ankara. Hmm. What does this mean? They all know about that, but they tried to get to kill the very innocent people. Hmm. That's why the issue. The, now, that's the inter- internationally, that's the, they tried to that's the, talk about that. Uh, the, we are very democratic government, but it's not because the, this or freedom democracy and peace meeting organized by the not the political party the organized by the revolutionary workers union hmm. the public sector union hmm. and healthy union this the union the civilization that's organized by this meeting that what they demand that only the demand we stop to the war plus we will try get to the democracy in Turkey hmm. This, this is the very very basic demand hmm. the people that enjoyed that only this piece they never even any thinking about that the, the suicide bombing there because they still trust the security problem they get in that's the control but the police knows about that because they help them that they come to the suicide bomb there how they can come The, for example, two, three days ago, 
in Ankara, Saimez in Istanbul, big province, the meeting organized by the, the government. Hmm. Why were we just asked this question? Why was happened to them? Why not the suicide bombs going there? Why not any happened this meeting? More than 100,000 people enjoyed that too. This is because, uh, as I know, and I said that today, the Turkish government, the their citizens, they just try to say for revenge, and who is against the government, they just cut off. That's all. They don't want that. Hmm. Um. And the uh, so that there's been elections this year in in Turkey. Um. And the the HDP party, um, yeah. the the People's Democratic Party, the HDP, yeah. they uh, were able to get more than ten percent of the vote, which is the threshold in in Turkey to get into parliament. Um, partly because they got that vote, uh, Erdogan has not been able to form a government. So there's new elections coming up. Uh, how do you think the bombings will affect the vote of the of the HDP? Because it's got to be really scary for people. But will it potentially have the opposite effect and boost the support of, of the HDP? Yeah, the the especially as for the present type Erdogan tried as the or whatever tried the the threaten to the people that's the not come to the election in the special for the Kurdish area. But the people is the people is they don't scared now. The people knows about that. What is the government going to do in the future? The this Ankara bomb is that I don't think so much effective for the election the people come to the have a word for them, but impossible. We will hope and see mm. We will hope and see uh, the seven of the June election, the AK party, the Dem Justice Party, they lost the election, but they don't accept that they lost the election. They, they after three months they will try again the election is coming up to the first of November. Hmm. But this is the the ICP still does the slash holding to the. Parliament, they mm. get into the parliament, might be more than them. Mm. Uh, we will see in the future, but the coalition government is be still established or not. But the People's Democracy Party, they try the f- fighting for the general in Turkey, get to the democracy and freedom. Mm. The people that's in the future. Mm. Yeah, cool. We'll we'll, uh, we'll have to uh, keep our eye on those elections and. Uh, yeah, maybe get you back at some point uh, in the future for another update about Turkey. Uh, all right, well, that's us for another week. So uh, thanks heaps for, for coming in today, Turan. Thank you very much for, for this opportunity. Uh, one that I just said that we will get to the solidarity for the moral solidarity and other solidarity for internationally. And thank you very much for calling me the, this program. Yeah. Cheers, thank, Thanks, Turan. Okay, that's uh, it for this week. And uh, we'll... Thank you for everyone for coming in and stay tuned now for Beyond Come to these rallies. (laughs) And stay tuned now for Beyond Zero Emissions.
This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio. Green Left Radio is brought to you by the Green Left Weekly newspaper. Green Left Weekly provides a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment first. If you would like to subscribe to Green Left Weekly and get it delivered to your door, you can do so by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it's only $10 for the first seven issues. Thank you for listening. You are tuned to 3CR Community Radio 855 Digital on the AM dial and streaming live on 3cr.org.au.